Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Wow, wow, wow. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to be with you guys. It's Vision Builders Month, so let's, let's jump straight in. The, the title of my message is The Battle and the Burden of Every Vision Builder. The Battle and the Burden of Every Vision Builder. And uh, now you may say, okay, I've heard about Vision Builders and um, this beautiful young lady. Tell me your name one more time. Dominique. Beautiful Dominique. Can we give Dominique a great round of applause? I'm so proud of you. You walked in here four years ago, and look at you now. You're a, a not. I would never have put you in the category of boss babe because there's a sweetness. But hearing that you got two businesses in this economy, you definitely are a boss babe. But how awesome! You don't have to have the boss babe without the boss babe attitude. Hey, how cool is that? Now I did notice an absence of. All right, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you are a single pup, like seriously, it doesn't get any more top shelf than that young lady right there. Now, don't go directly to her, go and see beautiful Tessa Fuller. That's how we do things around here. You are too beautiful to not share your life. Look at you. You're just lovely and talented and brilliant and amazing and sweet and kind. Let, let me just say this. Let me just say this. Uh, the, our current culture is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a porn-laced culture. Porn is the greatest thief of intimacy. It is a lie. It promises intimacy, but it steals it. There are so many young men full of shame and guilt, and that they don't. I'm telling you, you don't want to go through life by yourself. And let me just say this: uh, I don't believe. I honestly don't believe. And I, you know, and I've got to weave some scriptures together to, to prove it. So you, you can very easily shoot holes in in this theory. But in 38 years of walking with Christ, I am convinced that a man will never be fully what God intended him to be unless he learns to love a bride. I, 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 I'd like to tell you that it's, I'd like to tell you, Paul, you know what people say, well, you know what about the apostle Paul? He said it's better to be single and because you can focus on the things of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, but I, I guarantee you he didn't dress well. I, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, it's, you know, I, 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 we just had a marriage retreat and had someone say, yeah, well, you know, pastor, you know, marriage isn't easy. I'm like, duh. <laughs> like, dear God, like anything that's easy, where's the reward? I went to the gym. Oh, what did you do at the gym? I just walked in the front door. There's no reward for that. The, the greatest challenges have the greatest rewards. The greatest challenge. Putting yourself, learning to love a woman. And, you know, I, I preached at a marriage retreat that there are two sets of rules. It took me 30 years to figure that one out, Pastor Charles. And I didn't even want to preach it because I'm like, God, I don't want to preach this. This sounds like heresy. And, he's, and then he gave me the download. No, no. Eve was created in the garden. She was created around order and structure and perfume and beauty and tranquility and everything was ordered and structured, whereas Adam was created in the wilderness. And I'm like, oh, my God, this helps me because man was created in the wilderness. No wonder I just want to dress comfortable. <laughs> but my wife, her love language, one of her love languages, I know there's meant to be five, but she has a sixth. The sixth love language for my wife is my husband shopping with me. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And so, anyway, so she will try on, and I'm like, oh, babe, oh, babe, oh, oh, wow, wow. And she's like, yeah, I'm okay. And then the next one, I'm like, oh, my, even better than the last one. Yeah. Several hours later. My baby didn't buy any of them. Because Eve was created in the garden. She was the last thing. Did you know that? She was, she was God's encore. She was God's encore. Like the curtain came down after God created man. The Bible says, and God rested from his work. So the curtain came down, angels are applauding, wow, my God. And God says, yeah, I didn't tell you about the encore. Curtain back up. And then he brings forth the woman and the angels, blown, minds blown. But when, when God created Eve, she was in, in, the, in the garden. She was surrounded by the most exotic birds and pheasantry and animals. And I mean, my God, everything was stunning. But she's the, no wonder, no wonder she takes time because there's something in her wiring where she's got to be the most striking thing in that garden. She's the apple of Adam's. So I'm telling you, uh, I would, I'm just telling you, if I was a single pup, I would be chasing Monique. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. And if you're in this house, you'd be wise. Don't go through life single. Life is all about making memories. But how sad for the man who makes memories has nobody to share them with. Anyway, that's enough. All right, that's got nothing to do with my message, or maybe it does. Maybe it does. Exodus 25 verse 40 says, this is God speaking to Moses. And God says to Moses, and see to it that you make them according to the pattern which was shown to you on the mountain. God is speaking to Moses. Moses is up on the mountain, 40 days, 40 nights. God gives him the Ten Commandments, the Torah. Then God says, I want you to build a tabernacle. And the tabernacle has to all, have all these furnishings and badger skins dyed red, badger skins dyed red. I mean, crazy stuff. Badger skins dyed red. It's got to have a golden lampstand that has, you know, seven. It's the menorah. It's like it's got all this stuff. And then right at the end, God says to him, strikingly, he says, and I want you to see to it that you make them according to the pattern which was shown to you on the mountain. Pattern shown to you on the mountain. A vision builder is not just somebody who contributes to vision builders. So we have vision builders. And if I was honest with you, it was an unfolding revelation. I knew that our tithes and offerings kind of helped us run the day to day, week to week of church. And that God spoke to me and says, I want you to start this thing called Vision Builders so that people can give over and above their tithes and offerings so you can buy the future. You can buy the future. And what I mean by buy the future is so rather than try and save our way forward, we, we stretch and we lay hold of buildings. Uh, we, you know, th- this, just this year, just in the last few months, we spent $20 million on a building in Bayho and a building up in Boise. Uh, I was talking with Pastor Colin today, and he said it is just roaring. People saved every week, miracles breaking out every week, healings breaking out every week. Like, but, but they were able to start with a building right by the freeway. You know, there, there was a magnificent Salvation Army that was this close. It was this close, wasn't it, Pastor John, to almost being sold to a developer. Hundred years of people praying, laboring, sacrificing, and giving for that, and almost went. It almost went to a developer. But thank God for Awakened Church. Thank God for great leaders with great faith that went went in there and said, "We're going to go to toe to toe. This is holy ground. We're not going to give holy ground over to people who are going to make profit." Like Judas, make their 30 pieces of silver and care nothing about eternity in the kingdom. So, so we've got Beho, and then on the, I, I love Pastor John. I love Pastor John and Becky, their, their faith. I said, oh, it'll be wonderful. It'll be wonderful. We'll be able to, you know, obviously it'll, it'll relieve some of the traffic we've got here at Balboa. So now you can join all the other campuses and have a 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at Balboa. And if you want, you know, a 9 a.m. or 11 a.m., if that's you know, just, and, and Pastor John said, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not, we didn't go through that warfare for add one more service. We're going 8, 30, 10, 12, and I'm adding two there. 
them's fighting words. I, I, had to go, I had to go into the parking lot and repent. And uh, I'm like, oh, oh, me of little faith. And, and, it's, and it's just amazing. Beho, every time I've been there, both services are full and people are getting saved and lives being changed. It's, it's just incredible. And so, you know, vision builders was, was the way that we, we took. But God said it, it goes deeper than that. It goes deeper than that. Vision builders actually is about rewiring you or discipling you so that the world isn't discipling you, the kingdom is discipling you. Because a vision builder is somebody who's, who's received a vision from heaven that they're outworking, that they're building with their life. Received a vision from heaven that they're outworking with their life. Uh, one of the most important things that, that we can accomplish in, in church is for you to have a mountaintop experience. I, I would honestly say to you that uh, I, I would feel like I'm failing you and failing God if we didn't create an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit could move, whether it's at Emerge Conference or Cherish Conference or Awaken Conference or Wednesday night services, Sunday night services, where the Holy Ghost can move and in a moment give you a vision. Give you a vision. A, 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 vi a vision comes on the mountaintop. A vision is something that God wants to blaze into your spirit, that it burns in your soul and it drives you forward. These, are, these happen on mountaintops. God says to Moses, I want you to make sure that you see to it, that you build according to the pattern shown to you on the mountaintop. When, when, when we came to, to San Diego, I kind of had an idea that God wanted, you know, us, was calling us to, to build a church. And then as I, as I got deeper into to prayer, you know, the, the words, he says, fresh, real powerful. So then I, I got that. And then he showed me a picture of a baseball diamond. And he said, you're not going to build one little megatropolis you know, place where everybody's going to come. It's not going to work in San Diego. And he says, the layout of the land, he says, you, you've got you, to kind of get the city surrounded and then tell them to come out with their hands up, you know, worshiping the Lord. And so, so I saw, you know, one church in four locations. And that seemed crazy at that time. But, but God will give you a vision on the mountaintop that you then outwork down in the valleys. He'll give you a vision. It's, it, it's very important that you, that you get vision. Uh, this is how vision, this is how you get vision. The Bible talks in the Psalms and in the book of Job about the, the circle of the earth, the circle of the earth. And so if you just do a circle like this, you'll find that heaven also has a circle. And the circle of heaven, believe it or not, has an, has an intersection where the circle of heaven intersects with the circle of earth. This is the place where Jacob lays down in a certain place. And when he puts his head on a pillow, he has a vision. And in the vision, he sees a ladder set up to heaven with angels descending and ascending upon it. And above the ladder, a throne where God speaks. And he says, to Jacob, Jacob, the land on which you lie, I'm giving to you and to your descendants forever as an inheritance. Church is meant to, to, to occupy and, and be that space where heaven intersects with earth. You, you believe it or not, I'm telling you, uh, just looking around the room and I look at uh, Jonathan and Teresa Mack, uh, Charles and Tessa Fuller, uh, you know, and now I'm in trouble. You know, Morgan and Jenny Irvin, uh, the amazing Johnsons, who are now our, our new family pastors. When, when, when I begin to look around the room, I begin to see leaders raised up who, uh, they're, not just, they're not just church leaders for the, a religious community. These are people that, that have uh, clout and weight in the marketplace. These are people, these are people that walk with God. These are people that have captured something from heaven and they're out working it in the earth. You, you, the, 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 we are building leaders. We are building people that, that have something that they didn't conjure up. They didn't manufacture. They didn't create. They caught something. There is more that's caught than taught. In, in, in when the Holy Spirit, the, the language of the Holy Spirit is visions, dreams, and prophecies. The Holy Spirit wants to come upon you and put a dream on the inside of you, put a vision on the inside of you. A vision is always a picture of your future. Yeah. 
It's always, a vision is the God who lives outside of time going into your 5, 10, 20, 50 years time and sending a picture and putting it back. So, so all of a sudden you're living because your eyes are in the front of your head because you're meant to live with forward vision. You're meant to live looking forward. You're meant to live forward looking. So you were meant to, you were created to live with vision. Vision comes on a mountaintop and it can come in a moment. It can come in a moment. Uh, I remember. I remember when I was married to Liani. She was pregnant with my with my firstborn, Jordan, and we had a prophet from South Africa, and he prophesied. He, he, he stood me up and he prophesied, and he says, "I don't know where you live right now, but I tell you, I see under incredible pressure, and I see the Lord. I hear the Lord saying to tell for me to tell you that God is going to supply you with the home. I don't know where you live right now, but I see under incredible pressure. And the Lord would say, he's going to pay your school fees. And so I had, you know, so I had this word that God was going to provide us with a home. But the, the associate pastor was quite upset that he didn't get that prophecy, you know. And so he pulled me into his office to tell me that the house I was renting was God's provision. Because apparently, you know, God's got arthritis, or, you know, lost a limb somewhere, you know, stepped on a landmine, I'm not sure. But, you know, couldn't, you know, couldn't give us a home like you just, you know, the house that you're renting. That's his, you know, his power's quite limited. Yeah. And so, anyway, I just said, well, you can keep your interpretation. I'm going to keep the prophecy. But the reason, the reason I did that, the reason I did that was because I understand, I understand something. That if, if, if you don't allow God to put a vision in your heart, in fact, let me just say this, you already have a vision in your heart. You already live with vision, whether you realize it or not. For some of us, we live with hella vision. One of the reasons we do deliverance in church, one of the reasons that we, that we actually believe in driving out the demonic and dealing with trauma from the past is uh, being born in Germany. Germany. German was my first language. The German word for dream is the word Traum. If you put an A on the end of Traum, you get the word Trauma or Trauma. When somebody goes through a crisis, death, or when you're a child, mom and dad divorce, whatever you go through that has, that has devastating negative impact, it will quite often put a trauma where you will find that your picture, your ability to trust authority, to trust a man, to, to if you grew up with poverty, if you grew up with abuse, if you were foreclosed on, if you saw yourself having to pack up and, 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 and move out and the foreclosure sign come up, if you live with that trauma, it will, it will burn in your heart. And if you don't allow God to heal it, it will, it will be like a, a navigation system in a ship that will automatically lead you to repeat cycle, automatically lead you to divorce. It'll lead you to dysfunction, it'll lead you to poverty, it'll lead you to foreclosure, it'll lead you to addiction, it'll lead you well, whatever's in your generation. That's why it's so important. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach, to proclaim good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. Because he's like, if I just preach to you good news and your heart is broken, I'm preaching to you something you'll never be able to grasp, you'll never be able to attain. So I have to, I have to tell you, that the anointing has five levels and the first level is to preach and proclaim so that you have an idea, you have something to shoot for. But the next level is God wants to heal what is broken in your heart. He wants to take out the picture of broken, the picture of poverty, the picture of addiction, the picture of, of despair, the picture of divorce, the picture of I can't trust. He wants to take out the hell of vision and he wants to put in a heavenly vision. He wants to put a brand new picture. Nothing could change for me until the picture changed. I had to let that picture burn in my heart that somehow, despite all odds and despite all circumstances, God was going to give us a home of our own. And the good news is he did. And what was blazed in us was, was, was I believe, that the seed faith for us to come to a city where they told me when we arrived in San Diego, you'll never own a property here. I'm like, you don't know who you're dealing with because my God is the God of always providing. And so now we have several homes that we call houses of worship in San Diego.
But you got to let God heal what is broken. You got to let God replace the vision. Because the Bible says that when, when, when he heals the broken heart, the next thing is the recovery of sight to the blind. So it's amazing how your heart and your eyes, your heart and your vision go hand in hand. Let me just, let me just say something else. Um, uh, a prophet is a seer. A prophet is a seer. In the Bible, you'll see it's interchanged. He was a prophet. Is there no seer here? S-E-E-R. A prophet is a seer. A prophet's job is to see. God comes to Ezekiel, son of man, what do you see? Jeremiah, what do you see? Isaiah, what do you see? Amos, what do you see? God is always asking, what do you see? I see a golden lampstand. I, 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 I see a pomegranate tree. I see you've seen well. And so a prophet is a seer. A prophet is somebody who sees before everybody else. That's why we're often called conspiracy theorists. Because we see before everybody else. It's just, it's a very fine line. But a prophet is a seer because... Revelation 4.1, Revelation 4, 4 says, uh, come up here, come up here, for I must show you things that will soon take place after this. So the apostle John is, is elevated. He's taken to a heavenly place where he sees things that must take place after this. So he sees things before they happen. A prophet's job is to see and then speak. So he sees from heaven that he then, he then converts into words. He then releases that word and the hearing ear that hears that word sees. The ear opens the eye. The ear opens the eye. You'll know, you'll know when you're sitting under, an, under the anointed word, when the word of God is anointed, because what you hear causes you to see. That what you're, what, you're, what you're listening to, what you're listening to, you can see that I don't need to divorce. You can see that even though my children are strung out on drugs, they're going to be free. They're going to come back. You can see that I don't need to move to a cheaper state in order to own real estate. You, you can see that your business can make it despite what's going on in the economy. You can see that even though the doctors have said this, that there's another diagnosis that is awaiting the doctor of all doctors, the physician of all physicians, Jesus Christ. When you're sitting under anointed teaching, the, 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 the word going into your ear will open your eyes. So every vision builder has three things. Dear Jesus, three things. The first one is you have to carry what you received on the mountaintop. You have to, you have, you have to carry it. We want to create vision builders in this house. To be a vision builder, you, you, you've, got to, you've, got to carry, you've got to carry. When, when, when we came to San Diego, the vision was easy. Getting a vision is, is not that difficult. Establishing that vision is warfare. Establishing that vision is the battle. It was, it was easy. It was a moment with God. It was a moment with, with my guitar and worship where I saw the baseball diamond. It was, a, it was a moment with God where I saw fresh, real powerful. It was a moment with God where I saw congregations and people lifting their hands and worship and Altars full and young people coming to Christ and the city being changed. That, that, that was easy. But it was, it, was, it was when I took that vision and then began to share it with people that people began to tell me just how ridiculous that was. How I was probably eating some jalapeno pizza, which I probably was. And they were trying to attribute that to that and saying, why don't you just... You just need to lower the bar. You're not going to have buildings. You're not going to have congregation. Like this is San Diego. It's a preacher's graveyard. There's never been a, a spirit-filled church over a certain number. And they, they were giving me all, all, all the negativity. Joseph twice had, had visions and dreams from God about his future. But as soon as he shared them with, you would think, with his siblings, with his brothers, as soon as he shared them, they went into attack mode. 
it's one thing to receive a vision. So I want you to understand that, that, that I am setting you up for a little bit of persecution. And I don't apologize for it. Because I'm telling you, in this place, we're going to encourage you. We're going to brother you. We're going to lock arms with you. We're going to teach you how to engage because you're better off living with vision than allow the pecking order to make you as blind as everybody else. You're meant to live with vision. You're meant to live with vision. But once you get that vision, once you get that vision, all the negativity and the hopelessness and the fear and the naysaying and the slander and the betrayal of the world is sent against you. Satan hates people living with the God vision because he knows that every God vision will create something in the earth that reflects heaven. He doesn't want the earth to reflect heaven. He wants people to forget about heaven and forget about God. That's why he's trying to turn the earth into a hell. But when you have a God vision, you give your life to executing that God vision so that whatever you do, wherever you go, earth begins to resemble heaven. But all of hell. So Joseph gets thrown into a pit and then he gets sold into slavery and then he becomes a slave and he has to, he has to watch as a, as a title deed is filled out and a, a thing is stamped and, and 30 pieces of silver is exchanged and, and then they roll it up and they, they put it in the hand of a man called Potiphar and they say, lead him away and he's in chains and he gets led away to a house and, and Key is unlocks the chains and he's given instructions and he's told in no uncertain terms, you are now chattel, you are now property of this man. Let go of the dream. Like how, how, how is the sun, moon and stars going to bow down to you now? Do you really think the sun, moon and stars bows down, to a, bows down to a slave owned by an Egyptian? Are you serious, Clark? And, and, and yet... And yet Joseph, Joseph does not, he doesn't allow the circumstances to quench or quell the dream. He understands unless I carry the dream, unless I carry the, if I, if I don't give up on the dream, the dream may not give up on me. There's something powerful, something powerful. But you've got to understand when you carry the dream, difficulties come against you to try and snuff it out. You should have a dream for your marriage. You should have a dream for your family. You should have a dream for your finances. You should have a dream for the home that you live in. You should have a dream for the kind of life. You should have a dream for your ministry. You should have a dream for the way you're going to serve God. Get a dream for your life. This should be the house of dreams. This should be the place where people have the permission to dream. In Matthew chapter 17, Jesus goes up onto a mountain. Jesus goes up onto a mountain. And when he goes up onto the mountain in Matthew 17, 1 to 3, it says Jesus went high up onto a mountain and he was transfigured. He was transfigured so that his, his clothes became dazzling white, as white as the sun, more than any launderer could bleach them. And the Bible says, and while he was there, he was like freaky. Moses and Elijah came and began to speak with Jesus. Jesus up on a mountain transfigured. He's, he's, and he took Peter, James and John with him. And then, you know, Peter pipes off, hey, Lord, this is great. Why don't we build a couple of tabernacles? It was always a tabernacle for Peter. And, uh, and she's like, anyway, so God has to overshadow Peter and say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. They come down from the mountain. Jesus turns to Peter, James, and John and says, listen, guys, don't tell anybody what you just saw. Uh, because I tell you, unless Elijah comes first, you know, the son of man, can't. we're going to do everything in a divine order. But I'm telling you right now, John... Elijah already has come, is John the Baptist. And so their heads are spinning. Well, when they get down, there's a commotion. There's a commotion. There's a commotion in the city. And there's a man who has a son who's demon-possessed, and he brings that boy to Jesus' uh, to Jesus's disciples to cast the demon out. This is Matthew 17. Matthew 10, they got authority to cast demons out. You know, Matthew 11, they come back and, and it says that they were rejoicing that even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus, well, you know, that's cool. But rather, you know, really, you ought to be rejoicing that your names are written in heaven, not that demons do what, what you know, you tell them. And so they, they, seven chapters earlier, they had authority over, over demons. And now it's like, you know, they've got a... They got this short, they got like a little magic wand that's no longer worth. They got no, what, what happened? And, and so Jesus is still carrying what he got up on the mountain. So he says, Bring the child to me. And when they bring the child to Jesus, the spirit convulses. And Jesus says to the father, How long has he been like this? He says, Oh, ever since he was just a little boy. 
The Spirit seizes him, throws him into the fire, throws him into the water. You don't know how many times, you know, we were just, just able to pull him out of the water before he drowned or little burns all over his little body from pulling him out of the fire. Please, Lord. And Jesus casts the demon out and shrieks and leaves. The disciples come to Jesus and say, how come we couldn't cast it out? Jesus didn't say, because, you know, I'm the Messiah and you're not. Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. He says, because of your unbelief. And it's really interesting because Jesus' commentary, when he heard that the disciples couldn't cast the demon out, was he said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring the child to me. In other words, he's saying that you have become like your community. You have, if you and I become infected, we cease to be effective. That's why you're the smartest people in San Diego because on a Wednesday night, you come to the house of God. You, you lifted your hands in worship, even just raising your hands in worship. There's a cleansing. There's a holiness. You're God's holy and anointed people. The anointing comes upon you. Why? So that you can go back out into a world that is infected by sin, infected by death, infected by hopelessness, infected by fear. But you can be effective in there because you carry something from heaven. Jesus, what he was carrying, you're called to carry what you receive on the mountaintop. Number two, number two, oh dear Jesus, the keys are already up, oh my gosh. All right, number two is you gotta write down what you've received on the mountaintop. Habakkuk 2, 2 to 3 says this, it says, write the vision, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he, who, that he may run who reads it. And then it goes on, it says, you know, though it tarry, don't, don't, don't let you, don't, there's always a battle for it. It will surely come to pass. It will not fail. It will surely, surely come. You were created to live with vision, but I'm telling you, it's very, very easy to forget in the dark what you heard in the light. And don't think that, don't beat yourself up because the man that Jesus says of all the prophets that have arisen, there's none greater than John. Of all the prophets that have risen, there's none greater than John the Baptist. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. Jesus elevated his cousin John the Baptist to, to one of the greatest prophets of all time. But it was this John the Baptist when he was sitting in a cell days before he was to be beheaded. was like, man, did I miss it? And he sends two of his disciples to Jesus. Just a couple of years earlier, John baptizes Jesus. Says, "I'm not even worthy to untie your your, your, your sandal straps." It, it, it was it was John the Baptist's appointment. Says, "Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world." And now he's sitting in a prison cell, moments away from being beheaded. And he sends two of his disciples with a question, and they come to Jesus and they say, "John wants to know: Are you are you the coming one, or or should we look for another?" John the Baptist. Was, was almost forgetting in the dark what he heard in the light. I like Charles Fuller. He's got a journal. Can I tell you? Write the vision. Put it on your fridge. Put it, get it framed. Get it, get it. Calligraphy, is that right? Get, get it, get someone to, but have a vision. Have a vision for your home. Have a vision for your family. Have the privilege of, going around to uh, the Irvin Estates before they had security chase me off the property. But for the few moments I was there, I got to kind of. But it was so beautiful. Walking into little Jack's bedroom and then Ella's bedroom and they both got slides off there. I never had a slide off my bed. They got slides off their bed. This is my room and this is my room and this is our bathroom and and then they've got a, a downstairs little playroom. And then upstairs, it's like beautiful glass and dining. And, and then beautiful fruit trees in the yard. And it's like so beautiful. But I remember when it was just a vision. I remember it was just a vision. You know, a lot of people, they don't live with vision because they think, oh, what if it doesn't come to pass? Then I'll have to deal with disappointment. 
Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but I'm telling you, we don't, the Holy Spirit doesn't just give a vision. Jesus says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That power is activated by faith. Did you know that? The power of God is activated by faith. So the same Holy Spirit that gives vision is the same Holy Spirit that gives the power to get the vision. And how do you activate that power is through faith. How do we get faith? Man, you're asking all the right questions. The Bible says, Romans 10 verse 9 says that faith cometh by hearing. Sorry, uh, Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Whenever you're in, in, in this house, you better believe we preach faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. You're going to leave with faith. You're going to leave with hope. And you're going to leave with your love tank filled. Faith, hope, and love because we want you to walk with faith because you're going to unlock power because you're living with vision because you're a vision builder. Amen? Amen. Oh, man. <sighs> Point three was good, but I'm going to have to do it another time. No, no, you're, no, you're too kind. It was, it was just, it was bad preaching. After John Heinrichs tore it up up here, that was one of the best communion Jericho shout the walls come down Jesus has already done it I'm like man I want to get saved I was hoping John would have an altar call but I want you to stand to your feet I I, I just feel just in the last few moments like an impartation an impartation an impartation yeah I'm not sure what your what your church background is I'm not sure what your experience has been But the kingdom of God, the Bible says this, the kingdom of God, 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, I think it is. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but one of power. God forbid that we should ever take this holy book, my God. Beautiful Sydney, what's what's this? It's a Bible. It's a Bible. How much does a Bible cost, you know? About $20, about $20 for a Bible. We can buy a Bible for $20, but that's not how much it cost. When they started up the printing presses, the people that started up the printing presses, the devil went after them. Many of them were burned at the stake. How dare you put the Bible in the common language of the, the people? And distribute the Bible in German. Distribute the Bible in English. Distribute the Bible in the language of God. Many of them were covered in animal skins. And then thrown in with wild lions to be torn apart. Burn at the stake. Killed. Beheaded in front of their children. Their wives and children. We can buy a Bible for $20, but don't think that's what it cost. But I'm telling you, we will, I, I will resign before we reduce this to information. It's never meant to be information. It's always meant to be an impartation, an impartation of the living Word of God that puts faith on the inside of you, that puts heaven on the inside, that unlocks things. Do you know Jesus said this? He kept saying this, is one of his favorite sayings. Because people would always question him. He said, you know what? With men, this is impossible. But not with God. With God, all things are possible. And literally he was saying, hey, I'm with God. But it was an invitation. You don't have to live with men. You can live with God. Awaken church. Live with God see the impossible become possible I just want to pray there's a beautiful couple that I it's in here uh, would you guys hold hands you guys were at marriage retreat and was that your third one because I remember talking to you a few years ago and uh, just just in fact just turn your outside hands to God that's it beautiful 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 there's a beautiful in excess song and in Excess is an Australian band, so forgive me. Okay, I'm going to go a little Australian. Two worlds collided. They will never, ever tear us apart. Do, 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 boom, 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 boom. It's a great song. And the Lord, the Lord would say to you, 
do not fear the warfare or the battles. Two worlds have collided, and the enemy has sought to tear you apart. And the Lord would say, it's not just two worlds or two cultures or two backgrounds. The Lord would say, what has happened is there's been grief and pain from the past that has been brought into today, but God is doing a healing work in you, beautiful daughter. He's, God is, I, I see what he's doing. He's reaching into your spirit and he's pulling out. I, I see it, it's like, it's almost like a, a dark poison and he's pulling it out of your soul because there were moments where you said, God, I can't believe that you love me, that you have the best for me. I can believe it for other people, but I can't see it for me. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a devil. It's a spirit that the devil put in there to try to rob you from seeing. Your best days are in front of you, says the Lord. Your greatest days are yet to be. And this man whose hand you're holding, he's a gift from God. Now, there are times where you want to murder the gift from God, and that's completely normal. Every wife does, if she's honest. But God gave you a man. He's a very, very calm man. He's actually, he has a beautiful spirit of peace upon him. And the Lord brought him because there's, there's been a storm in your soul. And the wind has been boisterous. And the waves have been spilling into the boat. And many times you've been in the boat feeling like this is it. This is no, I'm going to drown now. I'm going under now. And you felt alone and abandoned. But the Lord brought you two together. He's not just one to bail water. He's come with you to call out to Jesus, the one who speaks to the wind and speaks to the waves. Peace be still. And I see you sailing to the other side. The other side of the storm. The other side of the chaos. The other side of the the crazy, the other side of loss, the other side of pain, the other side of disappointment, the other side of all the, the, the abuse and the nonsense that went back on in the past. And I see you walking in blessing. And I see you walking with joy. And I see you walking with a smile. I see you walking with favor. And the Lord would say to you, my favor is upon you. My favor is upon you. My blessing is towards you. I will not leave you until I've fulfilled everything that I've promised you. And the Lord would say, daughter, you just keep replacing. He said the word store up in your heart. And then the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 it's replacing. Replace the negative with the promises of God. Replace the lies of the devil with the promises of God. Replace the, the, the pain and the, the dark things with the pictures and the beautiful things of God. And then, uh, man of God, I just see God's hand upon you. And, and uh, I see a fracture even between you and your family with your father. And because of that, you've always questioned whether you had what it takes to lead. You've questioned whether you have what it takes to be the husband she needs or the leader she needs. But the Lord would say, I don't only take horses with great breeding to end, my spirit can come upon even the most feeble of, of animals and cause them to be swifter than a racehorse. And the Lord would say, my spirit is upon you and all that is lacking and all that was robbed from you and all that was stripped from you and all that was failed by men to impart to you, I'm going to put in you. And I see prosperity. I see blessing. That there's, there's, there's been a cycle of just, man, debt, 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 but I see it breaking over you. The spirit of debt is broken. It's a generational, generational curse. I break it now in Jesus' name. Break it now in Jesus' name. And here's the other thing that God told me. This next year, one of the, one of the, the, the check boxes that you're going to have is you're going to have so many wonderful friends and friend moments that you're looking at your calendar going, I don't know how we can do all these dinners. I don't know how we can fit all these things in because what you've longed for, God is bringing it all around. He loves you. He loves you. God loves you. He saw you as a little girl robbed of so much. And God says, it's, it's enough now. It's enough now. No more. And God is restoring and paying back all that was robbed. All that was robbed. He loves you so much. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give them a great round? Beautiful people. You all, and they kissed in church. I love that. I just wish Pastor John and Becky would kiss in church. There we go. Come on, there it is. I just wish Charles and Tessa would. 
Wow, that had a little bit of uh, and an encore, Charles says. Lift your hands high to heaven. Let me pray. I'm in big trouble now. <laughs> Father, I thank you for an impartation of vision, an impartation of vision, an impartation of vision. And devil, I speak over you right now. Every person that has trauma, every person that has a dark picture, a broken picture, a negative picture, a hopeless picture, I break that thing in Jesus' name. I extricate it from their hearts, from their life. And Holy Spirit, fall upon them and give them a picture of prosperity. Give them a picture. The Bible says this, David speaking. In the Psalms, he said, I would have lost heart. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God. God in the land of the living. I want you right now just to close your eyes and I want you to see what does the goodness of God look like for you, not in heaven, in the land of the living. What does it look like? What does it look like relationally? What does it look like for your family? What does it look like for your bank account? What does it look like financially? What does it look like spiritually? What does it look like in every area? Just let the Holy Spirit fall upon you right now. Go there right now. Let that picture, get that picture, get that picture. Mr. Mac, Mr. Mac, I, I just heard God say, oh, dear Jesus. Okay, I'm out on a limb now. 3X. Whatever you earned last year, you're about to step into another realm. God is 3Xing. God is 3Xing. You're going to say, God, we can't, I can't, I don't even know how. Yeah, it's it's 3X. It's and. Just begin to see it. Just begin to see it. Begin to see it. I need people right now who are in debt. Just lift your hands if you're in, in, in debt. And I want you to, to close your eyes. I want you to see a zero balance. I want you to see debt cancellation, especially credit card debt. Credit card, any high interest debt. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare debt consolidation. I de de declare not just consolidation, but I hear the word cancellation. Cancellation, 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 cancellation debts canceled old student loans canceled high interest rates from dumb decisions canceled in Jesus name I, do, I and I hear the word forgiveness and the Lord would say that you don't need to look to men to forgive the Lord is the architect of forgiveness God is going to engineer things engineer things I see debts being canceled debts being canceled those who have been diagnosed with a terminal illness, I, I just want you to just put your hand on your heart. Father, I, declare, I release over them. I, I cancel. I, I cross out the picture of death. I cross out the picture of an early grave, of a tombstone, of an epitaph. I cancel it now. And I prophesy, I prophesy Psalm 91 and prophesy Psalm 103. With long life, I will satisfy you. With long life, I will satisfy you. Begin to see yourself living long, living long. Begin to see right now, begin to see whatever whatever uh, organ that they've said, hey, well, this is failing or this might need to be replaced. Begin to see it coming alive. See it. When, when I pray for healing, this is what the Holy Spirit always does. I prayed for a young girl. She had tumors all in her lungs. And so I took her hand and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to see right now every tumor disintegrating. And so I just closed my eyes and I just began to see and I just began to say, huh, this is what I see. I see the power of God disintegrating the tumors, power of God disintegrating the tumors. About a week later, she gets an x-ray from the doctor after going for a run. They told her she couldn't run. She was meant to be on, on oxygen, on a ventilator. And, uh, and she said, well, I just went for a run. I've never felt this good. And when they took the x-ray again, all the, dis the tumors had disintegrated. Never underestimate. You partner with the Holy Spirit. Partner with the Holy Spirit. Begin to see. Begin to see. There's somebody bladder, somebody's bladder. God is restoring your bladder. Somebody's liver. And, and, and I hear the, it's almost like a... a uh, psoriasis of the liver, damage from the past. And the devil says to you, no, no, you got to keep that. You know, you were delivered out of alcoholism, but you damaged it and you got to live with the damage. No, you don't, stupid lying devil. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are, Jesus doesn't give you a, dear Jesus, that's like giving, you, you come in saying, I need to get a new car. And I say, what about I just painted a different color? There you go. That's Christianity on your way. What? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Don't let the devil lie to you and say, well, you know, you damaged your brain and you damaged your lungs with smoking and you damage it. You're in Christ now. You're in Christ now. He can re he's a redeemer. 
Yeah, but I was, yeah, well, you know what? He's going to heal. Father, I thank you right now, right now. Livers are healed, lungs are healed, bladders are healed, damage from the past. If you're in Christ, the laws no longer apply. The laws no longer, don't live under the lies of the devil. People that fried brain cells from drugs, I declare brain cells multiplying, synapses firing again. Your retention, your thoughts, your memory, your intellect, is your IQ going up, not down in the mighty name of Jesus. Some people here, you fear memory loss, Alzheimer's, and I cancel it now in Jesus' name. I cancel it now. I declare they have a sound mind. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and a sound mind is what God has given you. You receive it now, receive it now, receive it now. I know we've got to land. I know we've got to land. There's going to be a response lounge. If you need to get saved, get saved. What are you waiting for? Dear Jesus, don't wait for me to give the invitation. Get down to the response lounge and get saved. But the ministry team's going to be here in a minute. But last thing I want you to do, just lift your hands high to heaven. Say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I receive heavenly vision because I am a vision builder. I will build the vision that I see on the mountaintop here in the valley. Holy Spirit, give me power to make that vision come to pass and impart faith to unlock that power. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.